If I had to pick one marketing channel to focus on, it'd be email marketing. Why? Because it's a relationship that you own, control, and you can nurture. It's a direct line to your audience, unfiltered by algorithms and platform policies. And when done right, it can be a gold mine. Today, we're diving deep into the world of email marketing with none other than Matt Raglan. He has a wealth of experience under his belt, having worked with creators at ConvertKit and Podia, and now he's serving as the managing director at Good People Digital. Matt is a force to be reckoned with when it comes to email marketing. He's here to share his Hershey Kiss strategy for making seven figures with an email list. In this Marketing Props episode, you learn first the common pitfalls marketers should avoid when consulting and advising. Second, why focusing on content distribution and referrals are so important first. Third, the Hershey Kiss strategy for monetizing your email list. And fourth, a power-up that's accelerated Matt's career. To help you apply Matt's Hershey Kiss monetization strategy, I've created a free power-up cheat sheet that you can download for free at marketingpowerups.com. Find the link in the show notes and description. Are you ready? Let's go. Marketing power-ups. Ready? Go! Here's your host, Rambly John. You were talking about like when you know it's like time to move on. I feel like lately, especially what's what's happening in the economy and and like in the tech scene, I think I feel like a lot of marketers have been really thinking a lot about that, about stepping out, and it it's it, it's. Something that's also internal and personal to me. I've been thinking a lot about when it's the right time to, you know, do my own do my own thing. You suggested this book, Calling. I'm curious, like you made that move like almost three years ago in 2020. I guess you you're probably gonna say it depends, but how do you know when it's time to to move to move to do to become a, a full time solo creator or like the advisor, marketing advice, whatever that is for sure. For I do recommend starting to build before you know it's time. Like that's part of it for me. Like if you can get to a certain amount in savings or I think actually a better, this is kind of a limiting belief, like trick that I played on myself, like looking back is instead of thinking of it in terms of like, oh, I need X number of dollars in the bank. It's probably better to think about how much revenue have I generated from these like non-salary positions? Because yeah. this was the thing, like Ramley, I was like, well, when I get whatever, 30K in the bank, then I was like, okay, I feel pretty good. And I would get to like 15, 20, 20, I was like, oh, it's close. And then like, you know, some expenses would come up and you know, that's like, you know, not, I'm not gonna get all like super woo woo, yeah. but it was a, I was at a mastermind and I was talking about this with some of the other members and like, oh, you need this. Well, how much money have you made from your, um, how much money have you made from your side hustle in the last like 12 to 18 months? Cause you say you need like 30 K in the bank, but how much have you made as, and I'd like, you know, looked it up over like 10 minutes. It just like very simple, like course reports, AdSense, blah, blah, blah. And I think I had ended up, I had made like 70 grand in like the previous 18 months. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, could you do, you know, could you do at least that or probably like, you know, 40 or 50% more if it's the only thing that you're doing? It's like, yeah, I probably could. And they're like, okay, there's your salary. Um, <laughs> and so instead of thinking about like, I need X number, you still definitely can. But I would say like, if you have trouble getting to your savings account number, maybe it's better to look at 
Right. Okay, how much have I really been generating? And then extrapolate that out. So that's like one thing, like start to build. That's very practical, but start to build before you think it's time. And then we just talked about prioritization with uh, kiddos and work. This had started to happen because our our now four and a half year old was one was one in a couple was basically one when I quit. And part of it for me was that YouTube was going well. I had run a couple of courses. I was doing some coaching on the side. And I said, I had been generating that revenue and it got to a point where I knew that something was going to have to take a pretty significant step back, or I was just going to have to start working more. So I was running a pretty, I've always run like with a few like sprint exceptions, run a pretty balanced life, 40 to 50 hours of work per week, sometimes as low as 30, 35, but you know, kind of in, in that normal range, lots of time with family. And I was like, well, if I want to do more with my side hustle, then I'm going to have to work more on it to grow it. So where's that time going to come from? Is it going to come from what it had been coming from was taking time away from my family. So I was doing like 40, you know, 45, 50 hours a week at Podia. Shout out to Podia. Great people. And doing another 10 to 15 hours on my own side. So I was doing like, that was one of my like heavy sprint sessions where I was doing like 50, 60 hours. But I was basically, I'd work Monday through Friday and then I'd work most of Saturday, if not all of Saturday on my own projects. So I was a one, like one day a week uh, dad in terms of like being super present, like not just the more, not just the bookends of the day. I was like, okay, well, something has to give. Mm. And I just may like, I talked to my wife a lot about this and it was, it was a very gradual thing. I'm not saying it has to be gradual, but having, having kids, you know, having like my wife worked part-time. So like we didn't have her like full-time income to like fall back on or rely on. So it was a much more gradual progression for me. So to be realistic, to understand your financial commitments and that's, like that's the biggest thing. I already talked a little bit about like how much revenue generating, how much revenue and savings. I the other thing that I didn't understand well enough at the time was just like what our like personal household run rate was, <laughs> our burn rate, you know, basically to be right. like all, all techie about it is like, yeah, you know, how much money are we spending yeah. each month? Because like because with my full time salary with my side hustle income and with my wife's part-time income, we were like, we were like putting money in savings. We were, we were doing all the things, but I didn't really notice how like it, like I really like Ramit Sethi's stuff and like everything was automated. So it's like the, like the giving goes out and the spending goes out and investments go out and savings go out and taxes are automatically taken out, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's like everything was running. I didn't I didn't know how much everything cost <laughs> really. And so yeah. when the side hustle which was a nice side hustle but not a full-time income when I started that um that cha- that I became aware of those costs really quickly. Mm. And so that's like the biggest thing looking back at that time and deciding I just like know all of your numbers yeah. as well as you possibly can so that you can make 
the most um, yeah, the most informed decision about like based on family family dynamics, uh, household income, household expenses, uh, what you are you going to be able? Are you going to be willing to cut back on things? I wasn't <laughs> initially. You know, just understanding right. those things, like it'll yeah. help you. Now, this is the last thing, though, on this question. And Rami left a, I'm, I can be a bit of a rambler. So but keep going, dude. There's the, no the, it does get to a point, and I eventually got to this point where I was like, I'm thinking about this too much. Uh, I think I've told Spencer at Podia this, uh, but it was getting to a point where I was like, I, am subconsciously like not paying as much attention to podia work and that's not fair to them. So it's Mm. time. And so I had made like, that wasn't going on for a long time. Claire clarification, everyone. I wasn't quiet quitting. I was (laughs) like, all the milestones were being passed. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) All the boxes were being checked, but there was like a moment, it just kind of dawned on me. We had finished a big project and I was like, I noticed the week following that it was different than just like, oh, we finished a big project and I had been thinking about it. We finished a big project and just kind of burnt out. I need to chill. I was like, oh, I don't want to think about this at all. Mm. And I was like, ah, it's probably, it's, it's time. Mm. Interesting. I think that energy piece is so important. Like, I don't know who, who I learned it from, like follow what gives you energy at that moment. Um, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. like you, you, all the stuff that you talked about, like, you know, uh, the financial, making sure that makes sense and like making sure that you understand your costs. But as well as like, I think that's the other piece though. When people ask me, when is it time to move on? Like if it's like sucking your energy away from me, mm-hmm. I, I used to call, I, I used to work for a larger organization early in my career. I stuck it for like four or five years. And I remember calling it a soul sucking place because yeah. like I, it's not the soul, it's the energy. Like it's just sucking your yeah. energy, whatever you're doing there. And you can tell, I would say, like, pay attention to when it's sustained as well, because we all have bad days. Yeah. And or like we could even have bad weeks. But like when it's when you're already thinking about this and you notice that a sustained lack of energy and attention. Yeah. I do believe that there's something significant there that's worth paying attention to. And it could be that like when you first notice, I like, okay, it's time. It's time to start making more intentional plans. And like, you know, one of the things that I know we're going to talk about is like, okay, how do I start like generating some revenue? Like what are those first mm-hmm. like bits of experiments, revenue generating experiments that I can run that are going to give me an idea of, okay, is this, is this feasible? Yeah, that, that makes sense. So you started 2020, you left Podia before that you were, I believe you were a convert kid. How has that, I, there's this tweet. <laughs> I love it. You have this camera in front of you and you're like, uh, first this day camera working I'm for, looking at right now. Yeah. Matt Raglan. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. That's a really cool. Yeah. The same camera it's from 2020. Camera right there. What yeah, camera I'm is it? Pointing is at me it? Right now. It's an M50. Canon M50. M50. Canon M50. Right. Yeah. Nice. I, I was thinking about it. I, I ended up going for that E6400, uh, the Sony. Yeah. Uh, I probably going to be a, like, probably going to be a Sony guy next next camera purchase makes sense because it's not I don't have enough like Canon stuff to be like I'm a Canon guy it's like I right. have a camera <laughs> right and the other thing the lenses for each of the Canons they don't fit with each other sometimes the N15 lens yeah. I don't think what you need like the adapter yeah. 
I'm curious how game. the ride has been. How has that ride been since um, since 2020? I, I'm sure there's like a it's, lot of less. It's been it's been a roller coaster. Mm. It. I'm glad that I've done it mm. because of all the things that I just talked about. It was time. Yeah. It was time. I'd been thinking about it for a while, and it was time. That said, it was because of also like some of the financial realities like my wife has continued has worked less and like i support her like that has been the right decision for us that's something that we've done together but like since then it's been like whatever matt can make that's the money Mm. (laughs) and so i had it was it was fun because uh i really went into it the first six months of that first year in 2021 uh, were probably the best six months that I had. <laughs> and like, I've had, I've had other great months since, but like I was planning, like I did a cohort launch and that thing did well. So basically I did, um, yeah, I did like probably 70 K that first like six months, maybe a little less, but around that. And we also like, we rented an Airbnb in Florida because like, for a month at the beach. And that was, and that was great. It was like, we're doing like, I don't have to get on any zoom calls and I'm just spending half the day with my kids at the beach, which is like, it's great. It's a great memory. And I'm glad, I'm really glad we did that. But looking back, that's where it's like, yeah, I spent a good bit. I made a good bit. And then like when I did the second launch of the cohort that summer, I was like, here we go again. This is going to be great. It just like, no, people were not interested in being productive in August, 2021. At Mm. least people that I know (laughs) are on my email list. Yeah. Lots of great people on that email list, but that just wasn't a time. I was like, oh no, now Mm. what am I going to do? I need to, because like I had basically budgeted a cash flow, expected air quotes Mm. for the listeners, an expected cash flow of like 120, 130. I was like, I can make it (laughs) as a, you know, I chuckle. Um, And all of a sudden that was like, Ooh, it's going to be a hustle to get Mm. to a hundred really going to have to work at this. It might, Oh no. So what I started doing at that point to like supplement my shortfall in course revenue was that I started doing more consulting and more like implementation operations for surprise, surprise, email and courses. And mm. so there was a little bit of like, I'm doing what I was doing at Podia and at ConvertKit, but just like on my own. Oh, no, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but that like that network, those skills have continued to like pay off for me in really, really big ways. So basically the, the rest of the year goes on. And the timeline kind of speeds up after this, mm-hmm. but the first year was really, really um, key. The year wraps up and it was, it was fine, but I definitely, I mentioned like, I mentioned when I was doing those numbers initially and people were like, oh, you did like 70 K uh, in like the last 18 months of your side hustle. Can't you do more mm-hmm. when like, if you're only spending 10, 10 hours, 10 to 15 hours a month or no, a week, on this, if you were spending 40 hours, like maybe you're not going to quadruple, but definitely double. I was like, hell yeah, definitely going to double. Yeah, definitely did not double. Oh, so, okay. um, that was like, we made it, we're fine, <laughs> but it definitely was like, 
um, it was a, it was a moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to have like, it's not smooth sailing. I was definitely like towards the end of the year, I was, um, dipping, dipping down in terms of like, uh, getting, getting worried about things. Mm. And I just want to like tell, tell the truth on it. And like mm. I said, looking back, we were, we were totally fine, but it had not been like this steady, steady ascent to the top right. that I had envisioned in, in my mind. Um, the other reason about this is like, I really thought that my YouTube channel, I expected that my YouTube channel was going to take off, um, you know, po- in and post 2020 post COVID as like more people at home, yeah. like trying to be productive on their own. And I've got all kinds of stuff that's going to be like perfect for this, like self, self-managed, self-directed productivity. And I said, I did a lot of good work. It just didn't always turn into money. And we'll mm-hmm. come back. We'll come back to that uh, later. And at the end of the year, I had made almost as much money consulting and doing email course operations as I had on the actual courses that I made. And I reconnected with another former ConvertKit colleague named Daryl Vesterfeld, who is the first head of growth at ConvertKit. Mm. And he was running a branding marketing agency, mostly geared towards creators, but uh, would do like other other projects as well. I'd worked with a bunch of authors like Daryl has worked with uh, Gretchen Rubin, and he was on the early team at StoryBrand, like Donald cool. Miller. Um, yeah. So he he was, I think, director of marketing for Don when that was all taking off. So super smart guy. In, in addition to our our ConvertKit overlap, so. I was just telling him my story and he was like, Oh, do you want to do more of like the course and email part? I was like, kind of seems like that's the direction it's going. (laughs) And he's like, well, like, how about you come, you know, like work with me? Like, why don't you be a partner at good people, digital at GPD and you can run newsletters, email operations and courses for our clients. Cause I haven't been doing as much of that. I want to get back into it, Mm. but I'm running all these other parts of the agency and the business. He's the founder CEO. He's like, you go run this part of the business and like work with the team. We'll like, we'll run it. We'll run it together. And there were a couple other uh, great partners there as well. Matt Gartland's one of them, Tim Grawl's another, and it, has been great to work through that with them to have more of a team to work with. And also I, I mentioned this to you or, uh, before the show is, or like right at the beginning is like, I do feel like even though I'm creating less content right yeah. now than I was at really any time of the past five or six years, I haven't been doing as much YouTube. I do feel like what I'm working on right now with our clients and with, GPD, Good People Digital, is the culmination of everything that I've been doing for the past 10 years. And that includes yeah. starting, you know, starting my own blog, starting my own uh, email list on AWeber in like 2012. Don't use AWeber if it even <laughs> exists anymore. Don't do it. That's but funny. like I've been yeah. setting up email lists yeah. for over 10 years now. And then of course, like my experience at ConvertKit, mm. the network that I've been fortunate to build and a lot of uh, great people to work with. So that's, that's like, that's how, like, if that's the, like the meme of like how it started, how's, how's it going? It's a little bit different right. <laughs> than funny. what, than what I expected, but I do feel really good about my decisions. And I think something that everyone should 
take into account when it comes to decisions like this mm. is thinking is being willing to like follow the vision that you have even if the path is a little different than you expect before i continue i want to thank the sponsor for this episode 42 agency now when you're in scale up growth mode and you have to hit your kpis the pressure is on to deliver demos and signups and it's a lot to handle there's demand gen email sequences RevOps, and more and that's where 42 agency founded by my good friend camille rexton can help you they're a strategic partner that's helped B2B SaaS companies like ProfitWall, Teamwork, Sprout Social, and HubDoc to build a predictable revenue engine. If you're looking for performance experts and creatives to solve your marketing growth problems today and help you build the foundations for the future, look no further. Visit 42agency.com to talk to a strategist right now to learn how you can build a high efficiency revenue engine. Thank you also to the sponsor for this episode, Riverside.fm. Riverside.fm is my go-to video podcast recording tool. This whole show is recorded on it. What I love about it is that it's almost like being in a virtual studio, which makes it possible to record and edit at the highest quality possible. Riverside.fm also records locally for myself and my guests. So if anyone has unstable internet connection, I can still get studio quality audio and video recording. And now with their AI engine, I can accurately transcribe my recordings as well as get vertical videos for Instagram Reels, TikTok, and YouTube Shorts automatically using the new feature called Magic Clips. Don't take my word for it. You can go to riverside.fm right now to try it out for free or find the link in the show note and description. Anyway, let's get back to our episode. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. There's this like um, the police proverb that says that if you're given like two paths, always choose the harder one. Because like that would like make you grow the most, and that like really stuck stuck with me in many ways. I mean, you know, the path you you describe is definitely not the easiest, but like, it, I I do believe that things get set up for you or for people towards what's next. I'm not sure. Maybe we're talking too philosophical here. <laughs> I really do believe that. Yeah, yeah, and there are also things like. I was talking to some people in a mastermind that I'm in, I was talking about to them about this last week is that like doing all of this has taught me things about myself and how I work and how I react to people that I never could have learned if I wasn't willing to like take this path. There's even still stuff that like I'm doing this month that I'm like, ah, this thing that I did at ConvertKit, this thing I probably did at AppSumo, this thing I did at Podia. And now this thing that like, I'm doing with a partner. It like finally like had this like light bulb. I was like, it's that thing that I'm doing and I have to stop doing that thing and I have to do this other thing differently. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever would have figured that out without going through the the bit of a roller coaster that I have. Yeah, that, that makes sense. If you, one of the things that you have put together, I feel like one of the lessons that you've taken in, you know, now formulating uh good people digital is around this tweet that you shared around seven steps to making seven figures with an email list. I want to dig to that. That's what we're really going to be uh, digging into today. Uh, and you know, the very first thing, 20 in, minutes in, we're <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. I think now it's, the philosophy hours <laughs> over. <laughs> it's leading up to this. This is the longest intro I know with YouTube. Yeah. Like, keep the, Parenting keep, philosophy. Keep <laughs> I love it. But like, I, I don't want to dig through all seven at one go. I want to do it in chunks because like, that's the way you suggested. I think especially this yeah. is a great uh, um, 
primer for people who are thinking, uh, you know, marketers who are thinking about like doing their own thing. This is something that they should be doing before, especially the first three around, uh, you know, really thinking about content distribution and referral. So it's the first three out of that seven. I'm curious. I understand. I understand it, but like maybe other people understand it. Why? Why those three first? Other than like, oh, I should just start like advising from the very, you know, which will be the very bottom. We'll talk about in a bit. So I, the distinction in that, as I hold my tiny pencil, the distinction in that is if you already have, especially like if you're in sales or yeah. some kind of like biz dev uh, role, you probably at that point can skip this a little bit mm. to say, hey, I'm doing this thing now. You know what I do. Let's do it together. Which is basically how like my yeah. consulting started after like after my second cohort launch fell a little flat and I was like, I need to make twenty grand in three months. How can I do that? <laughs> so I was just able to reach out to people. And of course I had been creating content at that point. But the reason that I say content distribution and referrals yeah. first is because if you are doing that online, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Reels, whatever it is, depending on the platform, depending on the channel, newsletter, which we'll also talk about, you are publicly establishing expertise mm. that people can point to or check in on you with. This is one thing, like, unless you're working for like, you know, one of you know one of the fang you know companies or you're like at this like popular popular spot like i don't if i wanted to work with you and i went to like this landing page that you have set up on card shout out to aj at card love your product if you're and it's just like so and so worked at these places and now you can hire me for thousands of dollars i'm like nope yeah. not gonna do that yeah <laughs> and but if i see that you're posting thoughtful pieces on Twitter, or you are regularly like sharing concepts on LinkedIn. One of my friends that does this extremely well is Brendan Hufford. Uh, Brendan's awesome. I had him on the show. Uh, yeah. 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 Brendan's thing. fantastic. Yeah. And Amanda as well, Amanda, yeah. who we've already talked about. If I was thinking about hiring that person for the thing that they're good at, then it's not just like going to their website. Anyone can set up a website. I'm not saying it's easy to set up a website, even though it's gotten pretty easy. And you can put like single, you know, single setup copy, like here's my stuff and here's a couple of case studies. You should still do all those things, but I want to see, and I was just talking to a coaching client about this today. Like I want to see if I go look you up on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, yeah. YouTube, whatever, I want to see 30 pieces of content, probably mm -hmm. minimum. I'm not going to read them all, but I just want to yeah. see that you've been like thinking about this and talking yeah. about this and I'll scan through a few and say like, okay, I have a feel for this person's personality and style, how they think about things. I can start to imagine what it would be like to work with you. Whereas if I just go to your website that you've, you know, tossed up, you know, with a couple of pages over, a, you know, during a weekend sprint, still good for you. You should do that. But that doesn't tell me nearly enough about whether or not I'm going to be interested in hiring you. Because there's also, like I mentioned the fang companies, there's also plenty of people who say like, you know, X Google. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same, you know, just because, you know, the people who work at these big companies, they might not be good at doing what you need 
help with just because like maybe they're doing something very specific really well, like pressing a button really well or something else. Great button pushers. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. So that's why I say like content is just making the thing. Distribution is getting it, it. onto yeah. the platforms. That's why like social has, I feel like there was a stretch maybe like pre-COVID where social was not great for distribution. And I think that it was less focused. And this is all like my own, my own social bubble. Yeah. (laughs) My own echo chamber of Twitter and LinkedIn. But it feels like to me, I don't know how you, how you remember (laughs) those days, but Twitter back then seemed a lot more random. And then when Threads yeah. took over Twitter. Yeah. And I remember talking to my friend uh, Blake Burge about this. Shout out to Blake. Great guy. Uh, that he said, he was talking to me, he was doing like a review of my Twitter. He's like, you talk about way too much random stuff. I was like, it's me. It's my personality. He's like, no. <laughs> He's like, you talk about newsletters and courses and that's mm, it. Interesting. And it's like, maybe you can say something about yeah. football yeah. on the weekends. <laughs> right. But we're, it's like one thing and it's yeah. go team. It's not like, he's like, people come to your Twitter. If you want people to hire you or buy from you yeah. via Twitter or LinkedIn, that when they go there, they sh- that's all they should see. That's mm. all they should see. Yeah. I feel like what you're talking about. That's maybe starting to change a little bit, but yeah. that I s- still feel like that's very much like, if you're doing that, then again, people come to your socials to figure out if they want to work with you. What are you saying? What are you putting out there consistently that lets them feel more convinced that like you're the right person? Mm. And what that, to me, what that really leads up to is about building trust. Like imagine if like Absolutely. you went, you went to like, uh, you're trying to hire a programmer. Uh, maybe that's not a good example. You're trying to hire a designer who like, it's much easier to hire somebody who has like a great Behance and like, you know, yeah. like a place like they've done some designs that you want for yourself rather than somebody who hasn't. It's, it's the same here where like you're sharing your thoughts and your idea and that builds trust that this guy, you know, Matt or Ramley or whoever, Amanda or uh, Brendan, they know what they're talking about if I'm going to try to hire them for SEO because that's what they talk about on Twitter and LinkedIn and it's something they care about, really. Yeah. And you look at it and say like, oh, Matt, I just, just us talking now, we, we've known each other for a little while. I was like, ah, oh, like I've, I've had three different podcast interviews because of that seven steps tweet. I was like, mm. hey, why don't you come on and talk about that? <laughs> Great. That's cool. It Love opens it. up opportunities too. I think that's the other thing that's like really like it opens up, you know, invi- getting invited to podcasts or um, getting invited to speak. Uh, even at right. like, conferences, right? Right. Those stuff that you shared. Yeah. If anyone's mind. listening and they want to fly me out somewhere <laughs> to speak. But I mean, this is what we're talking about, though. It's true. Like this is the cul- this is the culmination of it. I have been tweeting about this for a while. You write uh, about marketing and positioning and uh, like other other pieces of like that of that niche of that topic. But like I write, this is how it goes. Like I write this tweet. I come on Ramley's podcast. Mm. I like someone hears this and like, oh. Maybe I would like to work with Matt on my newsletter or my course. I get a client out of this. Someone else listens to it, like, hey, Matt can come talk about this on my podcast or this conference. But it's all like you're just like 
in a very like I was talking the same client I was talking to earlier today is like it's like Moneyball <laughs> in a sense. Mm. Like I'm just trying to get on base. I'm trying to get on base every day as often as I can. I think that one of these is going to turn into like I mean, this is like it's it's venture capital for your own ideas that how many of these can I put out that I'm going to make a living on a few ideas that pop, mm. but I have to put a lot of them out there. That makes sense. I feel like this is like very foundational, like marketing one-on-one. Like how do you keep yourself, your brand, your personal brand top of mind when they're thinking about in this case newsletter and like helping creators. And then when somebody thinks about that, it's like, oh, Matt starts, it's up there. If people are thinking about content or content marketing or strategy, Amanda gets up there or if they're thinking about SEO, yep. you know, like Brandon Hufford is up there. And really like that's that's what this is, is like building, I hate the word personal brand, but yes, you're building this this uh, this notion that you, you are the guy for X essentially with this. Well, this is where the whole like now it feels like a meme on Twitter, like the X guy. Yeah, I, I love it when I love it when I love it when women will put like the X guy newsletter guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see that <laughs> the newsletter guy, uh, and like it's just so tongue in cheek and fantastic. Yeah. But that's that's where that came from is, and it goes back to like being disciplined on your topic and on your curation. Uh, of the content that you're putting out. Like, when someone goes to your profile, that's what they should get yeah. from you mm-hmm. is a deeper understanding of this is what this is what I do and this is how I can help you. Your newsletter is a deeper extension of that. Um, that's, I, I still think that I have a long way to go personally in making myself like the clear choice for newsletters. Now, some of that is just different, different personalities, different styles, mm. different focuses. Like Matt McGarry is great at like paid acquisition of ads yeah. or paid, paid ads yeah, for newsletter. Yep. Yeah. I'm not good at that. I have no interest in it because there are better people at it. So I'm not going to like necessarily go down that sub niche, but the other, the other part of this, and this is where I think you know, we're all, I know I'm still like learning and developing and I like, what is the unique voice or mm. style that I can apply to this topic. And sometimes it's just a framing mechanism. Like Tiago Forte is like my, and is like my latest all time. It's like, uh, of like this, this example, like with his building a second brain and one just amazing, amazing name and title, like building a second brain is just yeah. so like clear and interesting. And I remember listening to him talk about it on a podcast once he's like, yeah, I didn't think it was a great name at the time, but you know, I just went with it. And you hear all this stuff about like, well, we got to be really careful about what we're saying. It's like, ah, building a second brain sounds nice. He just falls into it to hear him tell it. Yeah. Now I'm sure that it was a cul- it's a subconscious culmination of a lot of things that he had been learning up to that time. But I digress. We've had enough philosophy and subconscious talk so far. But finding out like what is the special, like what is your special sauce? What is the unique thing that you put onto this that are going to make people like think not it's, it's about more than just the information. It has to be more about the information has to be about like the story and the style 
that you put into it. And I think I'm still like learning that and kind of leaning into what that is because the people who can do that best, those are the people who are like, yes, that yeah. person, that thing. That's when you know. That's when that's when you know. Like Jack Butcher did an amazing job with this with visualized value. He's like, how can I take this like mental model, this concept, or even this quote and turn it into something visual? Well, that was like he did that. And it's like, well, who does like visualized like artwork of uh, like business business concepts or like personal development? You're like, oh, there's there's Jack, <laughs> of course. <laughs> And that is like, he was really intentional about that. So I do think there's a lot of value, no pun intended, in like spending time thinking about those things. But the like, the balance that I would give to it, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of this is you can spin your wheels thinking about like what the specificities of your mm. offer are for so long that you just don't get, you don't, uh, you don't get started. But it is still really important to like think about yeah. those things over time so that you can endure. You can last and grow without feeling like you're just on this, like, well, I'm going to get stuff done <laughs> hamster wheel. Cause yeah. that's, that's one of the things that I've, I've struggled with. So like, well, yeah. I'm the person that like you asked me, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. You asked my, like, what's my, what's my power up or what's my like marketing superpower. It's like, it's the showing up. It's the like do doing the work. It's yeah. the consistency. Like those are the things that I will do. I will endure. <laughs> I will outlast. Right now, this is like the tweak of is like if I was better at positioning. This is the least the story I'm telling myself right now. If I'm better at positioning, if I was better at sales, if I was a little braver in this particular element of the business, could I like level up much faster than this like thinking it's going to be. It's like, well, I'm just, I'm just going to show up long enough and I'm going to win. I still think that's true, but could I go a little faster if I like change these things? And I'll be honest. I'm not, a, I'm not entirely sure what all those things are, but I'm yeah. much more aware of that as a reality and a possibility than I ever have been. I feel like there's so much to unpack there. One of the things <laughs> that really stuck, no, one thing that really stuck with me though, is that I think often people have fear of just creating that content and distributing and getting referrals. And they over, sometimes people over, and this is my problem. Sometimes I overthink things and you're sometimes the journey, just get started. Just Same. take that first step. <laughs> just get that first step. And if you continue to listen, trust your intuition, have people around you that can give you guidance and support. Yeah. Um, you, you'll figure, you figure out that path. It's, it's mm -hmm. exactly what um, this is where it's oh, we're going into philosophy again. There you go. Yeah. Uh -huh. I love that. In terms, so that's the first part. <laughs> I want to get into the second part, this, the next three. And it's really about like, I, I see it more around monetization. And the, yeah. the next three steps is around membership and subscription, impulse products is uh, $100 or less, and commitment products. I'm curious, like, uh, you know, that might be easier focus than advising and coaching. Why those, why those three? I'm curious about like the next step after you built. So you can come, you can come at this from either direction. And I have a tweet up somewhere. So easy to find things on Twitter. I have a tweet up somewhere that is like an interpretation of my friend, Brian Harris, who I don't, he's rarely on Twitter anymore. He just turned 40 a couple of weeks ago. Happy birthday, Brian. And he had a like Hershey kiss model 
of monetization that mm. I thought was really interesting. And it's basically the inverted uh, process that I like mentioned in those seven steps. The seven steps that I'm talking about right there cover a much more like not much more like over time scalable and more passive income related. Like I'm developing products like to talk to talk about Jack again or anything like yeah. that has to do with zero marginal costs, you know, build once, sell twice type of thinking is like, okay, if I can keep doing this, but if you flip it on its head, and this is what I know you're asking about, and I think is really valuable, especially for people who are looking to make more money sooner. Who yeah. doesn't want to do that? This is the part that you clip out and you say like, Matt says you can make more money, money sooner with these three simple steps. So oh, number yeah. one, I don't know if there's three, but if you start with advising and consulting, one, it's much easier to find one person to pay you $5,000 than to find 100 people to pay you $50. It's mm. just one person. Now yeah. you have to be able to sell, and yeah. that is a whole other thing <laughs> to just yeah. say to someone on a call, will you give me $5,000? Not in those those many words. That's not a good closing line. Yeah. But that's essentially what you're saying. But it still is easier to find one person to do that than to find 100 people to give you $50. If you do that and you can find a couple of people like that to be your clients, then it starts this like waterfall effect. You can also think of it like Hershey kiss or, um, you know, a triangle. <laughs> and so we're starting at the top. And then as you move down, you think like, okay, as I've been coaching, advising, consulting these people on this thing that I'm good at, let's say newsletter growth or development or whatever, then I'm consciously thinking the whole time, what are, as I've worked with two, two or three people, what are the common things that between my experience and the direct coaching that I'm giving to these people, what keeps coming up? What mm. are the seven steps? What yeah. are the 10 steps? What are the yeah. things yeah. that I'm talking to everyone about? Okay, now I can do group coaching because I know everyone needs to do these 10 things. Great. So now I've gone from $5,000 client, but only a couple to $3,000 group coaching, but I can work with five or six people at a time. Mm. You're basically like a premium cohort model. Speaking yeah. of which, after that, then you say like, okay, much more structured and I'm going to charge $1,500 for this cohort and try and get 20 or 30 people in. Great. My friend Justin Moore did this with uh, Creator Wizard. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. I think his first cohort of creator wizard had like eight people and this was three years ago. And his last one, which I think was like his eighth cohort could be more or less than that. He like capped it at a hundred spots. <laughs> He's like, no more. Yeah. No more. <laughs> you know, and then to bring up Tiago again, like Tiago now has a thousand people yeah. sign up for Amazing. building a second brain. Yeah. The, so now we're down to cohort. Let's say 1500. You basically, you don't have to cut the price in half every time. Oops. You don't have to cut the price in half every time, but it's like a good rule of thumb, let's just say. Yeah. And then you go, now we're going down. So everything that you've learned in the prior level gets applied to the lower level. So what did I learn in one-on-one -on -one coaching that I can give to group coaching? What am I learning in group coaching that I can apply to a cohort? Now, what did I do in a cohort that I can now turn that same set of lessons into a self-guided course mm. that people can buy anytime. And in that self-guided course, what are like 
the 10 absolute, five absolute essential things that everyone has to do. Well, that's your starter package and it's $47. So now I have a $47 impulse product. I have a, say, $247 expansion of the impulse product into the self-guided course. I have a $1,000 commitment product, which is you're going to have to show up to a cohort for four to six weeks and do this together. And even now I can start going back up as well as like, okay, now if I want... This is where like, I initially had it as advising, consulting, private, as needed. Because like, if you start from the bottom, then you go there. Start from the bottom, now we're here. Then you would look at it and say, hopefully, I'm making enough money on the very constrained, very time-specific cohorts, plus the evergreen sales of the self-guided course, uh-huh. plus the... Like I just signed up for your newsletter and this looks super interesting and I like what Matt has to talk about. And so many people have told me so many good things about Matt. Yay, we love Matt. Let's give him $27 when I sign up to his email list. That sounds great. Cool. So hopefully all of that is all going so well that I'm keeping coaching private at that point Mm. if we're starting in the other direction. It's like, it's application. I have to talk to you and be like, I would like to talk to this person. I would, I would like to help them instead of it being like, who wants to give me money and hopefully this will work out. Cause we've all been there. You're probably at some point cause that's where I was, let's say three years ago. Mm. And I was like, I would start with coaching and I would do coaching. I would not charge $5,000. I was too afraid (laughs) to charge like that amount of money. (laughs) Another little quick aside about that in terms of pricing. It's really hard for you to charge, at least for most people, it was for me. It's hard to charge an amount of money for a thing that you offer that you're not willing to pay for something else. Mm. I wasn't, and that doesn't mean you need to go out and pay someone $50,000 to like be your coach, even though if you are that person, please contact me. You can give me the $50,000 to feel like you're able to charge that. Right. We can all just have this big, uh, you know, coaching network effect. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. But it is hard. Like I couldn't when I started. Now some of that was just like I hadn't like been in consulting before. It's not like I worked at Bain or like what? 500k? Sure. I don't even know if that's right. But I remember I did like I did do like a consulting hour with someone who was like, "Yeah, we're from Bain." And I was like and I was like, "Damn it. I charged this person like 500 bucks. I should have done way more than that." Um that's definitely the budget. But it's hard. You're it's right. hard like if you can't if you're not, if you don't have experience in that, if you aren't able to say like, I would pay $5,000 for a coach, it's hard when you're pitching someone on coaching and be like, mm. oh yeah, you should pay me $5,000. Like there's a dissonance, like not That's like true. here we are in philosophy again. There's a dissonance between what you're willing to do and what you're asking someone else to do. For most people that you can't, it's too hard to do that in the moment. So you're like, ah, I don't know, 500 bucks, Mr. Person from Bain who went to Yale. Mm. And he's like, what? I spend that on, you know, kale. Watch us. That, probably oh, not kale. That. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. I spend that on coffee every week. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. That makes sense. The other thing that the advantage of the, you know, starting from the bottom, going, that shout out to Drake, he's from Toronto. That's that's where I'm based at. You know, right? <laughs> See, I'm it's, very hip. Yeah. The 23-year-old that I work with, hey, Tim. So they, you know, whenever I make a whenever I make a hip hop reference, he just stares at me. It's like I like 
did a Jay Z line a couple of weeks ago, and he's oh, like, shoot. "I was like, well, this was when like I was a youth myself. Yeah. Like this was a really uh, back this in was the a days. really hot song, brother." Sorry, that makes sense. The other advantage is that, especially if people are still working full time, is that hopefully those things, uh, the you know the the evergreen stuff and maybe the course is that it's not taking up like you're not trading time for money essentially so right. that you're not you know eating up your balance of life that you that you mentioned earlier and you know you can test out the waters and figure out what works before okay. like going much uh, larger pricing uh, it's, it's the what I'm what I'm doing with clients now this is just like an up to date version of this is a is a version of like a pre-sell, very low lift cohort as validation of a product. So we are kind of like mixing those two worlds together. It's not a full on cohort. It's also like not doing an entire, it's also not doing an entire um, consulting offer. It's saying, I have this idea, I'm going to pre-sell it for let's say 100, 200 bucks, depending on what you eventually want to raise the price to. And then doing not a course, just a series of like live presentations. And that's it. The only thing you have to put together is a series is like basically one really long PowerPoint. Mm. And that's what you present over the course of, let's say like three meetings over six weeks, not six weeks, like six total meetings. Nathan Barry's doing this right now. I got an email from Nathan this morning said like, I'm doing a creator. The pilot is like, I'm doing this creator flywheel thing is two weeks. And you're going to show, maybe it's three weeks. I'm going to show up three times. But, and some of them are going to be hot seats, which are wonderful, but also like you don't have to get ready for anything when you're leading a hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> Just like respond to people talking. It's great. And they like, it's your experience that they're paying for. Yeah. And so like you can almost everyone that like it, when we work with clients that don't have courses yet for us to promote on their behalf, because they're, you know, they're living life and running other parts of the business. This is always what we do. Like, okay, this is going to be a two, maybe three week presentation only cohort. And you're going to like validate it, make five to $10,000. And then we decide what to do from there. You could just yeah. do that whole same thing again next month. <laughs> mm. But that's like the updated version of this is I do think you should be live. And I do think you should obviously charge money for it. Mm. It should be a compressed window because the other thing that you'll get here besides money and validation is you'll have actual customers, you'll have testimonials, it's and you'll have right. feedback. You'll be able to have those moments. And this is the other nice thing about being live. If you can handle it, some people can't handle it, and that's okay. But if you can do that, and if you're thinking you can't, you probably can. Just, you know, you got you to do it. But you'll be able to like, present something. This is always huge for me. You'll be able to present something and see how people react to it. Yeah. And I'd be like, and you have to be an engaging presenter. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But when you see how people react to it, you're like, Oh, I thought this thing was really important. That doesn't mean it's not important, but it either means like you have to reposition it mm. or maybe it isn't as important as you thought. And then you'll see other things that you just kind of say, and people are like, ooh, tell me more about that. You're like, oh, I didn't even think that mattered. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really interesting. And then you're obviously going to say stuff like, this is really, this is really going to slap. I shouldn't have said that. Now I'm trying too hard. This is going to be, this is going to be really good. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is going to be really good. And you say it, and people are like, that's really good. You're like, yeah, that is really good. I'm really going to emphasize that more. And you can, 
only get that when you're on live with people. It's true. Yeah. You also see the questions around people might have that they can confuse about that you can like craft and hone even more uh, in future iterations as well, which is interesting. When yeah. you're saying that it's compressed, do you suggest? I really love this strat this idea because now that recording could be your your pre-recorded course that you can right. sell, right? Which you it's did done. live, right? You just yeah. did, yeah. So now you got it. You feedback. just sell that, sell yeah, the recordings. Right. <laughs> I love this strategy. Exactly. Uh, how does it? What do you suggest? Like an hour? Those compressed sessions, six of them throughout, like a few few weeks, like an hour each. Is that what? Is that what you're? Yeah, or hour each. Leave leave time for a Q and A at the end of each one. Only go over like one key point, one key outcome every time. So you kind of think about like what are the five, six, seven steps. Yeah. One hour. You can go twice a week. I wouldn't go more than three times per week. Yes. Yeah, and much. if you think you're going to go more than that, then just make it a Monday through Friday, one week. Yeah. And just yeah. be like, we're showing up noon, you know, <laughs> teaching at noon. We're showing up and you just do that. Mm. Um, and then have like a couple of Q&A only sessions mm. where you're like, okay, we've talked about this whole thing. Like a friend of mine, uh, Miles, Miles Snyder, he's doing a cooking cohort right now, or he's getting ready to start it. And what he's doing is like, uh, at the beat, he does three sessions per week. And the first one is like, here's the cooking technique that we're going over. The second session is like, here's the dish that we're making. And then the third session is like, Hey, it's kind of like cooking together, but that's just like a Q and a session. Like as you're putting this together, mm -hmm. as you've been trying, let's have some, let's have uh, like a Q and a session about it. So he does three per week and I think he's going for like a month. So a little bit more intensive, but uh, he's also like validated it at this point. This is such a good shot. The other thing that's I'm really thinking about is that once you have those, there's something that uh, a guy named Russell Brunson, I've read some of his books yeah. and he's like a buyer's yeah, a buyer. Com secrets. Right, like a, oh, a buyer's. Click, click right? Russ. Yeah, right. Like he said the buyer's a buyer and when they buy that under $200 um, a cohort there that could lead, turn into a coaching or advising especially if they need exactly more help, which is exactly what leads to the last step essentially which how do you find clients you find right. clients who have already bought from you <laughs> they've already paid you money right they already trust you they've already given your credit card they've already like opened up their 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 wallet to you and now they're more likely yep. to pay you 5 15 20 grand just because they've built that trust up to, to you essentially Yep, exactly. So that's why like we're building initially like in something that's a little bit more controlled and then letting people experience it at a more accessible price point. Not everyone has to do that, but experience it at a more accessible price point and then you can grow. Because you cannot like one of the great things about coaching is how you can like just do it. You're yeah. the expert and you can just do it. You should have a plan. <laughs> yes. But you can only have so many clients yeah. at once unless you turn into like a coaching like certifier. Yeah, <laughs> but you can right. only have so many clients at yeah. once. You can have as many course students as yeah. like that's you know the zero marginal cost of content. Yeah. Love that. I just want to recap the seven steps to uh, making seven figures with an email list. Content is first, distribution, referral, membership. Number five is impulse product. Number six is committed products. And then seven is coaching, advising service 
essentially that's the seven steps you put together. So let me change that a little bit because okay. I've updated it. Okay. Really, distribution and referrals are the same thing. Mm. Referrals is just a type of distribution. You mm. know, talking about yeah. you're distributing it through referrals. Yeah. The thing that I would add, and the reason I bring this up is that the thing that I would add in, I'm not, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to like go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so we've gone down lots of rabbit holes is sponsorships. Sponsorships should have been in oh, there. Of right. course, like you're yeah, getting sponsors. Like yeah, you I should get sponsor sponsors. Right. So blah, blah, blah. Sign up for the ConvertKit sponsor network. Yeah. Or my friend John at Backyard Ventures. Yeah. Shout out to John. Um, but you know, get some, get some sponsors if that's something that you're interested in. The only thing we didn't talk about, I'll just touch on it briefly, is the membership subscription model. Right. And yeah. uh, Jay Klaus is the best person that I know, yeah. period, about memberships. Mm-hmm. But another, like, especially for a newsletter, a pretty low, there are like plenty of paid newsletters on Substack. Yeah. You can go look at those business models. They can be really profitable. Um, but the thing that I've been thinking about and have been experienced is um, I've done some work with Ryan Holiday in the past and I've gotten to see like how his business is set up. And one of the things that I think is really, so this is like daily stoic, daily dad, you know, obstacles, the way stoicism, all the things. Um, he has a membership that I don't think most people know about. And it is like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't know. It's very, it's a natural extension of the newsletter itself. And it is, it is the like more and it is kind of in the sub stacky way of like, you're going to get extra stuff and less of other things, i.e. ads and sponsors. Hmm. But what he does with his, so he has like the daily emails. If you sign up to daily stoic life, I think it's $200 a year, basically, you know, 18 bucks, 18 bucks a month. And you don't have to see any ads on any of the emails. Not that he has a lot, but you know a few each week, which is not every email. You also get weekend emails. You get a, so it truly is daily. You get access to a forum. And the other, the other catch on this is that Ryan does have a handful of courses that he launches like every eight to 12 weeks. Yeah. Uh, New year, new you is the most popular one, the beginning of the year. But if you're a member of, and each of these courses are anywhere from 100 to $200, the whole year membership, which you already get extra stuff, you get extra emails, you don't have to see any ads, and you get access to every course. So each course is $100, $200. If you sign up to the membership, you, you get all of those included. So it's a very, like, it's a very low lift. Mm-hmm. It's a very low lift membership for him. And... This is all because it all is like inclusive of everything that he's doing. Yeah, you don't have to see ads. Um, yeah, I don't have any like great like conversion numbers on that, but there are the more like what we think of as memberships often or subscriptions, the way that I kind of bucket them is like what Jay is doing with like a very active community with creator science. Yeah. He's great. And then there's more of the Substack model, which is like, Hey, you're going to get extra stuff and it's mm. like five to eight bucks a month. That's the Substack model, more of a subscription than a membership. And then what Ryan does is it is a little, it is kind of a hybrid of, yeah. of, of both. Cause he's not, oh, as far as I know, he's not overly involved in like the mm. community of it, which yeah. is it, but it's, it's more about like the access to the courses and 
uh, a lack of ads and additional uh, content. So that's another that's another piece of it as well. I do think that's a very viable model, especially for if you have a larger list as a way to even if people don't have to see ads, a lot of people don't like see ads, yeah. but, <laughs> and that's a way to do it. And if you're offering courses on top of that, then it's a pretty, it's a pretty straightforward sale in terms of a value proposition yeah. to say, if you bought all these courses, it would be $800 or it's a $200 membership and you get extra emails yeah. and you don't have to see any ads. So the membership subscription uh, model is definitely another thing to, to consider from a monetization strategy. Because like, if you have, if you convert 2.5% of your audience at $200 a year, here's, these are not Ryan's numbers to be clear, but if you can, if you convert 2.5% of your audience, if you have a hundred thousand people on your newsletter, you convert 2.5% of that audience, which is not super duper high. It's not super low either. <laughs> it's a solid number. At $200 a year, that's a $500,000 membership. That's just memberships. Dang. That's and then if right. you are getting $2,500 per send for a sponsorship, which is again, not crazy for a hundred thousand people. Now you're doing 120 K on sponsorship. So we're getting to like 650 K not counting courses, not counting coaching, mm -hmm. not counting consulting. Um, you're well on your way to seven figures just through sponsorships and memberships without having any other products uh, available. And you will naturally have other products available. Yeah. But you have to send the newsletter. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you got to send the newsletter. It's important. Shout out to J-Class. I'm part of his um, creator science community. Uh, a, yeah, just of course. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, Jay's awesome. Thank you for that sharing for that seven steps, seven figures. I hope that helps marketers if they're thinking about you know building their own side hustle and like making really seven figures out of it, making it full time. I just want to shift gears, uh, and you've already said your career power up. I just want to reiterate exactly what it is again. You were talking about like uh, you will survive. I don't think that the song stuck in my head. <laughs> I'm a survivor, right? Like uh, Destiny Child, or even the other one, yeah. the much older one. Yeah. So. Can you yeah. just reiterate again what that career problem is helping? Survive. You know, you worked at many different places at AppSumo, ConvertKit, at uh, Podia, and you've been doing your own stuff now for since twenty twenty. Yeah, my my power up has been that I'm very dedicated. I'm very consistent. Yeah. I like will stick with it, and I will I will show up. You know, I will I will do the work. Yeah. The power up that I'm developing on mm. top of that is really starting to better understand like where more of my like true gifts and opportunities lie that yeah. are past just like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep showing up and sticking to it. That matters. But if you mm. can add like a key differentiating factor or source of courage to amplify that. That's where I'm at right now. Such a good conversation. I know we got deep into philosophy, but this episode also has a bunch of practical tips. You can find out more about Matt by following him on Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. You can also go to goodpeopledigital.com. You can find all of that link in the show notes and description. Thank you to Matt for being on the show. If you enjoyed this episode, you'd love the Marketing Power-Ups newsletter. I share the actionable takeaways and break down the frameworks of world-class marketers. MarketingPowerUps.com to subscribe and you'll instantly unlock the three best frameworks that top marketers use, hit their KPIs consistently, and wow their colleagues. 
I want to say thank you to you for listening and please like and follow Marketing Powerups on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you feel like extra generous, kindly leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave a comment on YouTube. Goes a long way in others finding out about Marketing Powerups. Thanks to Mary Solden for creating the artwork and design. And thank you to Faisal Kaigo for editing the intro video. And of course, thank you for listening. That's all for now. Have a powered up day. Marketing Power Ups. Until the next episode.